Welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast. I am your host, Alano Sapporo. Episode 73, we'll discuss what happened in the markets this week. We'll also discuss our financial roundtable. Finally, question of the week is back. It's back, folks. So make sure you support the podcast, five-star rate, subscribe, and review to the Your Money, Your Life podcast, and share it. Share it with everyone as the reopening is happening. Make sure you're listening in the park, on the train, in the commute, wherever you're going. We really appreciate you sharing and supporting the podcast. Thank you and hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Market update and what's in the news this week. This is a big week for the Fed. The Federal Reserve had a press conference after their FOMC meeting, uh, which is a meeting that the Fed has um, often to kind of give update on the economy and, and allow us as investors and people in the U.S. to understand what they're thinking as, as far as their policies and mandates. So um, the meeting which they had on um, Wednesday, they explained that they would indicate uh, rate hikes. There was two rate hikes that were indicated for 2023, which is pushed up a little bit from their prior projections of when they would start to raise hikes. So two Fed members had pushed their rate hikes to 2023, which I think all prior before this, they were all saying 2024. But um, that's, that was one thing for the central bankers explained Wednesday. The press conference, which I watched, was really great. Um, Fed Chairman Powell uh, just explained uh, what the thinking is behind the Fed's movements. They're still sticking with their mandate that inflation is transitory and they will want the economy to recover fully first and foremost. So uh, the Fed did say that inflation rose to about 3.4% in their estimate, a full percentage point higher than their March projection. Um, however, the post-June meeting policy statement continued to maintain that inflation pressures are transitory. And even as the most recent data on both wholesale and consumers prices showed inflation surging, uh, they stuck to that mandate. So yesterday, the 10-year Treasury yield bounced, but today, I think we're off of the uh, of what we went up yesterday. Uh, and, and then we had some David Tepper, a uh, hedge fund asset manager, saying that the Fed Reserve did a good job. So the markets are actually up today, growth, tech, back in play like we expected um, and so this is a really, really interesting time for the markets in kind of a quiet market. I think it's fun to have quiet markets, not as fun for the traders, but it's fun to have quiet markets. Um, and, and that's what you're seeing pretty much in the last week or so. Big news. Uh, we'll start with Apple. Apple's facing more roadblocks um, as they're trying to make a platform for healthcare. So Tim Cook in 2019 said that Apple's greatest contribution to mankind will be about health. And a lot of people are wondering what that is, but there's speculation that Apple's trying to offer its own primary care service with Apple-employed doctors at its own clinic. Uh, imagine Apple having all this data from your iPhone, your watch, which I use an Apple Watch, and obviously I have an iPhone. So there's so much data that Apple has, and they're going to be able to use that to kind of track you, monitor your health, and different things. So that's interesting. We'll see if they do that. The healthcare industry is a $4 trillion industry. And if Apple can take a slice of that, they've taken a slice of a lot of other industries. That would be amazing. Amazon was trying to dabble into that um, as well. Uh, there was a joint venture with Amazon, I think JP Morgan and Berkshire Hathaway that was kind of fizzled. I don't know where they're still at with that, but that'd be interesting to watch. Something that was also interesting to rocks, Roblox shares fell 8%. At the online gaming company reveal that has fewer users than it did in April. They're also spending less. 
I mean, it makes sense. You're having the most of the majority of their platform is like kids ages. I forgot the ages, like eight to 13 or something. But if we're getting nicer, weather's getting nicer, people can actually be out. You're losing a big base of your, your users there. So that makes 100% sense in my estimation. But we'll be watching that. Big political news, geopolitical news, President Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin met face-to-face -face in Geneva yesterday. They were discussing things because human rights, nuclear treaties. Uh, there was a press conference, which I didn't get to fully watch, but in the press conference, uh, Biden called Putin a worthy adversary leading up to the summit. Uh, but they just talked and they had a discussion. I think the diplomacy between Russia and U.S. is an important topic because we're talking about cybersecurity. We're talking about different things that have been going on in the last couple of years. So to have that um, chat uh, between the two countries is, is actually really, really important. It's something for us to keep our eyes on. Back opening up restaurants, bars, and baseball stadiums. Welcome back more foot traffic, Google said. And Google wants a part of that. Google's actually opening its first permanent physical retail space in New York City's Chelsea neighborhood, uh, which is also considered all the real estate Google's bought there. Uh, this is the first brick and mortar space. Um, uh, that really is going to be interesting to watch how people take that. You know, Apple has footprints everywhere. Now Google wants a piece of physical footprint as they're selling more stuff, more hardware. So that's something I should make, take a gander out there. I live in Tribeca, but I might just go take a gander out there and see what that space is like. Speaking of space, Yelp has new data about the reopening and how people are doing things. Um, more retail sales fell last month, 1.3% but it's not a sign of a bad recovery. Things are shifting from physical goods to online um, as Americans are shifting forward that e-commerce trend. Uh, restaurant spending jumped, clothing sales jumped, uh, Texas and Florida where COVID restrictions have been lifted longer, have more dinners, California, um, they're back. A lot of people are back. So Yelp is showing that a lot of things are coming back to normal, which is really, really, what we expected is we kind of had the reopening. You know, I'm vaccinated. A lot of mo most people are vaccinated. So we're trying to get back to a little bit of normalcy as we're seeing. And the Yelp data is confirming confirming those, those uh, transitions back. Quick note, DraftKings, a lot of people love um, betting and sports bets. We're watching you know, NBA playoff basketball, which has been really exciting so far. But DraftKings tumbled after Hinderberg research, which is a – famed short interest short seller firm that releases research said that they alleged that the sports betting app has some shady gaming links and they DraftKings fell on that news um which i think was in the midweek or prior to the beginning of the week so something to watch there to see you know sports betting in that whole the econ economy and industry is increasing so that was interesting to see that that research report podcast news now as a podcast owner, this is quite interesting. Spotify sealed an exclusive deal, reportedly worth $60 million, to bring the top podcast, Call Her Daddy, exclusively to Spotify. As we're seeing Spotify, different numbers for podcasts going increasingly high. Joe Rogan's deal was just for licensing on Spotify. It was $110 million. Uh, Obama, President Obama signed a deal. Um, now you're seeing Call Her Daddy, a top podcast, inking a deal, exclusive deal with Spotify for around reportedly $60 million which is an incredible number. Um, it's something to keep watching, how we're seeing audio on-the-go content being consumed. Spotify making a great investment in that area to get exclusivity to a lot of the top names in that space. So that's going to be something to really, really watch out for. 
Something that I think was really cool on the philanthropic side, Mackenzie Scott, formerly Bezos, uh, since she announced her divorce um, in 2019, she's just been really doing a great job of giving back to to people. That divorce made her um, really, I shouldn't say made her, she was rewarded a 4% slice of Amazon, which was worth $36 billion at the time. Uh, and the company's obviously a rising evaluation. So she's about the 20th wealthiest person in the world. She's donating two points. She just renounced donating $2.7 billion to 286 organizations working to address issues including poverty, racial equity, and higher education. Uh, she's not been like other billionaires. She's been giving money away rapidly. Um, unlike her counterpart, Jeff, uh, she has been giving money to, to cause the racial equity and different things that she feels strongly about. Um, she, divert, she dispersed $6 billion earlier in what's believed to be a record annual sum by a living person, uh, which is incredible. Um, and Jeff Bezos, people are asking, will he follow suit? 2020, he created a $10 billion climate change fund and announced $800 million in grants. Uh, but, you know, again, I think this is amazing. She's not getting enough credit for the amazing things that Mackenzie Scott has been doing across the country. So that's really, really interesting. I spoke about this on CNBC earlier in this week, or it might have been last week, but Lordstown, the e-truck startup, which is really a startup, but it was a public company startup, through a reverse merger SPAC deal. But they had some trouble. They ran into a lot of trouble as they pretty much said their company was at risk for being an ongoing concern as they were not sure if they would meet projections on when they were supposed to ramp up you know, the, the, the truck. Um, and yeah, and the company, I think the stock dropped 20% on that report. Um, and Hindenburg Research said, I were thinking, I told you so, the same short sellers were right on this one. They called out Nicholas um, before, and now they called out the Lordstown, I believe. Um, yes, they did call out Lordstown in March with a report alleging Lordstown misled investors by exaggerating its production readiness and biz potential. Um, and Lordstown admitted that they maybe had not had all the orders that they said they had, uh, pre-orders for the truck that they said they had, uh, but the rest of the, they claimed that the rest of the Hindenburg research report was fictitious. So that's interesting. Um, and, and Lordstown is trying to shake up management. I think the CEO and the CFO left, um, and now they're trying to shake up management and go in a different direction. We'll see if that pans out, but it doesn't look likely from, from where I'm sitting at this point. With that said, as far as vaccines go, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, they're pushing employees to prove that they're vaxxed uh, before they come back into the offices. So, yeah, I said this, you know, I was talking to a friend about this. We are going to, which I'm vaccinated, girlfriend's vaccinated, we're going to have to have, for most places, a lot of people, every business and place will do things differently. But for the most part, you're going to have to prove that you're vaccinated to be able to go about and do different things. So um, that's something to consider for people that are just considering, okay, do I get vaccinated? Do I not? That is definitely something to consider. I think most places will have to require it because that's really what slowed down the pandemic is vaccinations, if we're being truthfully honest. Um, so that's something to note. And another thing to note, Netflix has dropped an online merchandise shop. Here's what... It, Here's what's going on with that. They dropped it. I think I talked about this before, but they did an e-commerce site for Flix branded merch, uh, caps, hoodies, jewelry for their fa for your favorite shows. I think this is a smart move. 
Netflix is not just a streaming service. A lot of people are tied to it. It's part of a big part of the day when they finish work, plop down with a tub of ice cream, they watch Netflix. I know that so vividly because sometimes I do that. Don't blame me. I'm still trying to stay in shape, guys. I'm still hitting the Peloton. But, you know, it's not a bad thing to watch your favorite show at the end of the night. What did we watch recently? We watched, um, it was a really good show. Uh, we watched a lot of good shows and movies recently, so um, that's not a bad deal for Netflix. And tying merchandise with this, you know, hugely thing that's already tied into our lives, I think it makes a lot of sense. And again, spoke about this uh, cryptocurrency. I think I talked about this last week on the podcast, as well as on CNBC, the El Salvador news. Bitcoin being proved as legal tender for El Salvador, um, the people of El Salvador as well. Salvadorians will be able to pay taxes and bank loans in BTC. This is a first case scenario for a country to do this. We'll see how this pans out. I think it will pan out rather well and allow other third world countries to kind of pick up space and use that as well. So that's a great, great thing to do. Um, and we'll keep our eyes on that. But that's so much news. A lot of it, good amount of 12 minutes worth of your most recent news updates. Stay tuned and we'll talk a little bit more in our question of the week and in our roundtable. Mash up, folks. Mash up. We'll mash up the roundtable with the question of the week. So this week in the roundtable, I want to talk a little bit about doubling down when you reach a goal, right? So if you do something in life and you reach a goal, whether it's a promotion or it's a, a business goal or whatever it is, a health goal, whatever in your life, a lot of times, myself included, we get complacent with it. We want to sit down and say, all right, that was enough um, for me. I'm happy. I've done it. But you know, I would say keep thinking about this. So I'm thinking about how you 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 actually say, you know, that's not enough for me. You know, and if you think about how you actually found that motivation to continue to push further, I was like like looking at different things. I'm starting a new venture as well. Like the PayPal mafia. I'm not sure if you actually heard of it, but the employees and founders of PayPal. No one. I don't know how much people know this, but PayPal, which is a huge company, it's one of the larger companies in the, in the world by market cap, uh, was actually founded by Elon Musk and other and other folks, right? Um, that were part of that PayPal mafia. Um, so you know, these guys sold the company, made million, many millions, probably close to billions, just from that initial sale. But they didn't stop there. All the founders, employees, the early founders, employees of PayPal, you know, they've gone on to start companies at Tesla, Tesla, LinkedIn, Palantir Technologies, SpaceX, which is obviously Elon's uh, Tesla, part of Elon, Kiva, YouTube, Yelp, Yammer. These guys did something great and they didn't stop. And they said, all right, I still have more in me. I'm not done. I still have more in me to create more, to do more, to provide more value. And they continue to do that um, with their own businesses, their next ventures. And that's important to, to know for yourself, for, for myself, that we, as we continue to do great things um, in, our, in our lives is to not just kind of get complacent. Uh, so huge, huge thing. But quick note on that, let's go to question of the week. Question of the week is a fun one. We're talking about someone living frugally and if they should enjoy their life, that balance between living, living frugal and sacrificing for the now for the future. So the guy says, I'm single, 46 and single. I've lived within my leads my entire life. I'm 46 and single, have no kids. I'm currently having an internal debate 
uh, to buy a thirty thousand dollar Indian motorcycle. Is it is it it is a want, not a need. I have the deed in my home, which is valued at three hundred sixty thousand, and on both my vehicles are all right. I have over one hundred twenty thousand various checking and savings accounts, and approximately four hundred split between a Roth and a traditional IRA on a popular robo investing platform. Boo. <laughs> I've lived with my means my entire life and I have an eye for equality and expensive things. I've never really put things on credit. I've only purchased items I've saved for. I bring in 6,000 per month. I'm a 100% disabled veteran and through a position I have on a board of a small nonprofit, I have no credit card or any debt for that matter. My healthcare and dental are fully covered by the VA with no copay for life. Each month I end up with approximately 1,500 to 2000 after my bills and expenses are paid. A previous career would afford me 1800 per month pension. Affords me 1800 per month pension. Given my debt-free status, I could potentially contribute more uh, to my retirement accounts. I have a line of sight to over 9000 per month, which I retire before I factor in minimum withdrawals from my retirement account. So it's not a big concern. It's hard to spend a dollar instead of... Pl- it's hard to spend a dollar instead of placing in my retirement account without with compound interest in my time horizon. Oh, okay, I like that statement there. I could also be doing more with my checking and savings as my emergency funds have swelled. A lot of people's have, and they just leave the cash in there. Not a smart thing. That's my commentary there. <laughs> and I know I could put some more money to work to work for me in better ways with higher returns. Should I buy the bike? Frugal bike lover. And this is a great, great question. Because, um, again, I've talked about this before. Again, I'm not a big fan of the whole fire movement in the sense of just don't have a life that doesn't make any sense you can increase income as well instead of just lowering expenses to bare minimum living like a pauper which is okay if some people want to but it's not everyone's goal um but you know here's a situation where you know you have a person that's lived frugally their life they see something like they don't know if they should buy it they're thinking about the future they're also thinking about now this person's 46 now he's a young fresh chicken here um, but I think why doesn't the person, you know, try out the bike one and then, and then if it's, if you really like it, if it's really making you happy or someone that's done these things all your life, uh, as far as living frugally, living the right way, I'm not against it. You know, this is a situation where he's lived frugally, has a good solid setup, um, thinking about whether they should buy the bike. I think you could, you could rent it, lease it, possibly purchase it. Um, if all those things align correctly, but. Um, I think this is different. This person's lived their life in within the means and life is a, is a one-time opportunity thing. Um, and you have to balance living for the now as well as preparing for the future. But as long as you're doing that within your goals, I think it's okay to once in a while splurge and live that life. So that's where I go with that. That's where I go with that. Hope you guys enjoyed this question of the week. As we wrap up, you know, it's been a really, really fun and exciting time. Summer is coming. We're in June. Uh, July 4th is coming. NBA playoffs are heating up. I turned off the Philly versus Atlanta game last white night in the third quarter and just woke up to see that Atlanta came back and won. How is this possible? And then clipped the Clippers without Kawhi, ended up beating the Jazz. How was that possible? These playoffs have been astounding, fun to watch, um, and I'll keep my eyes on it. But again, Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. You'll see me on CNBC uh, twice next week, Fast Money Friday, Trading Nation Tuesday. Hope you can tune in. As always, pleasure. See you next week.